Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mac, what's going on, man? Not too much, Sam. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. No complaints. So when did you realize just how dangerous the so-called QAnon queen of Canada was? It 100% has to be the day that she led her followers into Peterborough, Ontario, like a QAnon Pied Piper. This past August, Peterborough was on headlines across Canada when the so-called QAnon Queen of Canada, Romana Didolo, rolled into town with dozens of followers in tow. There's a handful of hecklers, some people wearing camo, quite a few maple leaves, and the Queen is there. And she's passing out snacks. But then things take a turn. I just want to thank everybody for being here today. I'm going to try to keep this simple. I've spent the last year collecting evidence against the Peterborough Police Station on showing that they are involved in this genocide. See, the reason Queen Romana and her followers are in Peterborough is because they actually want to arrest members of the local police department for enforcing COVID-19 lockdowns. They want to arrest the cops. So today, we are going to turn the members of the Peterborough Police Station over to the U.S. Special Force Military, Canadian Military, and Global Military Alliance. With the Queen watching from afar, tucked away safely in her RV, their plan was to enter the police station, somehow detain the officers, and then turn them over to Queen Didalo's supposed military, who were just waiting in the wings to take all these people into custody. If you could follow me over to the police station, we'll march over. Be very careful crossing the road. So, the group of about two dozen followers arrive at the police station, and here they find... The doors are locked. Attention, officer. Please come to the front door. They're slamming their fists on it. Some people are screaming through megaphones, but it remains locked. I'm looking to report that you have been participating in a crime for almost two years. They even call 911 on the police officers themselves. So we are here. If you would like to come down here, we can do this in person, or I can do this over the phone. I would prefer you come down here in person. So you're telling me that these people are expecting that the cops are going to come outside and be detained by essentially a bunch of random citizens. Yeah, man, that's, that's the plan. I never said it was a good one, but that's what they were hoping to do. Finally, after a few hours of sitting in front of the police precinct, officers start to arrive for a shift change. And this is when all hell breaks loose. One of them tries to grab a cop and he tells him, you're under arrest. And the cop turns around and grabs him. He's like, no, actually, you're under arrest. And a scuffle breaks out. And several of them are on the ground. And a couple of Didalo's people are being handcuffed. Some are being dragged inside. Others are yelling at the cops to stand down because there should be citizens arrest. 
It's a complete clusterfuck. Fuck that pizza! Fuck that pizza! You fucking In the end, three people are arrested for assaulting a police officer and resisting arrest. And more were arrested and charged after the fact. Unfortunately for the Queen, no police officer was successfully detained by her followers, and her supposed military never showed up. The events in Peterborough were the culmination of more than a year of activism by this fringe right-wing QAnon influencer named Romana Didolo. Meanwhile in Canada, there is a new queen. For her followers, Romana Didolo is everything. They do what she says, they preach what she asks them to do. Her followers call her the Queen of Canada. The rise of the fringe QAnon leader has now sparked concerns, especially as trust erodes in the country's civil institutions. For close to a year now, she's been touring the country in an RV, espousing conspiracy theories and building this absolutely fanatical following. She actually claims to be the self-titled Queen of Canada and has amassed almost 60,000 loyal followers who believe in her bizarre conspiracy theories. My fellow Canadians, I address you today as your Queen and Commander-in-Chief. We are on the eve of World War III. God help us and Godspeed. I'm Mac Lammer, Senior Reporter with Vice News. And I'm Sam Egan. This is Vice News Reports. So Mac, you and I have teamed up to report out this episode, but you've been tracking the QAnon queen, Romana Didolo, who, to be clear, we're just going to refer to as Didolo, for a while before that. When did that start? But I guess technically I, I first started following her in the spring of 2021. At first, she was just kind of this weird voice in the hodgepodge of anti-vaccine, anti-lockdown, right-wing influencers that emerged mid-pandemic, you know, not only in Canada, but in the United States and Europe. She started a political party called Canada First. Uh, remind you anything, buddy? Yeah, I feel like I've heard something like that before. But she didn't become super popular until an influential QAnon figure started to promote her on his pages. And he quote-unquote confirmed her. And then, off to the races. As a reminder, QAnon is a widespread but unsubstantiated conspiracy that U.S. politicians are running a worldwide sex trafficking cabal, and that there's a secret global shadow government behind it all. The whole thing is based on generations-old anti-Semitic tropes. And it's obviously untrue, but in recent years, it's become incredibly influential, and sadly, we have to talk about it. What does what is what does QAnon look like in Canada? Like like is it essentially the same as in America? What's the difference here? Well, buddy, as as a proud Canadian, let me tell you that the American influence on Canada is uh, pretty huge, uh, and that remains true with QAnon. Um, a lot of it is basically just a lazy color palette swap. Think replace Nancy Pelosi with Justin Trudeau, that sort of thing. But Didolo, man. She, She's her own beast. She's something completely her own. Our own little Canadian QAnon figure. Greetings, everyone. This is Queen Romana of the Kingdom of Canada, Commander-in-Chief and Head of Government and President. Today, Didolo has over 50,000 followers on Telegram, which is a popular social media chat app. And it's permeated the far-right space because of their lax moderation. And she uses this space to 
spread some pretty wild conspiracies and grow her following. Tell us about those. Well, the natural one to start with is that she claims that Queen Elizabeth II didn't die naturally this fall, but was actually executed over a year ago for crimes against humanity. She's one of many politicians and figures that have been killed in Didolo's lore. Okay, sick. So they somehow managed to assassinate the queen. Cool. Makes sense. Got it. Yeah. And that's not all, buddy. She also claims that there's a sort of alliance between global elites, the U.S. military, and go with me here, an intergalactic alien consortium that have helped install her as Canada's new monarch. <laughs> all right. Yeah, man. Like, her talking points are kind of this mishmash of fringe right-wing fuckery, energy healing, and interdimensional conspiracies, and it's always changing. But where she really hooked her audience was pushing baseless claims about the COVID pandemic. She's even gone as far to suggest that they need to kill healthcare workers and politicians. They need to execute them. You will receive not one, but two bullets on your forehead for each child that you have harmed as a result of injecting this experimental vaccine. Violence is at the heart of this movement, and frankly, the people who believe in her have a bit of a bloodlust. And now she's starting to even claim to have installed kings and queens in the US and Australia and Austria all across the world. You know, like a good monarch, she's expanding her colony. Okay, time out. As a journalist, I feel it's my obligation to ask you, there's, there's absolutely no evidence that she's been given any power as a monarch or has any sort of robust military supporting her or anything, right? Oh, no, everything she says is true. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, I think it's important to be clear here. And as a journalist, it's probably my duty to say that this tiny lady traveling across the country and meeting people in Walmart parking lots saying she's the Queen of Canada isn't necessarily telling the truth. And I would like to add that for all the people out there listening that aren't too familiar with kind of QAnon lore or this kind of stuff is new to them, it's really important to not try and rationalize this. A lot of it doesn't make sense, and that's kind of the point. I'm Corey, uh, and uh, I was uh, involved with uh, Queen Ramana. This is Corey. He and his wife Daisy live in British Columbia. They're a long-time married couple. They have a few kids, and they are incredibly online. And Sam, as you know, we got them to agree to speak to us a few weeks ago. I uh, ended up becoming her main driver. I was the mechanic. I was the security we have a contest of what what are the stupid things that you did during covid so yeah. i think we were gonna win it <laughs> i have to say mac you did amazing work just getting them to talk to us for this story oh man it was months and months of pestering them and trying to get them to talk to me and then finally they agreed to speak with us as long as we didn't use their last name to protect their kids <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah we we drove a crazy drove... lunatic across the country and we thought she was queen right? <laughs> <laughs> what did you do right <laughs> just want to preface this these people were deep in the QAnon community for years before they even encountered Didolo before she blew up in november of 2020 yeah. right about the time when she started blowing up on telegram they told us when we were chatting with them, the one thing that really drew them into Didolo was just her 
utter burning hatred of Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. Well, with her, it's about uh, like, you know, the corruption with Trudeau and everything, right? That was kind of uh, resonated with me about her. They also liked her COVID-19 stance, which again, to hammer this home, involved calling for the execution of healthcare workers across Canada. Like, why are we being forced to wear masks? I think that really speaks to how Didolo was able to blow up so significantly, was that she truly, truly struck when the iron was hot during the COVID pandemic, when people were completely and utterly worried about what was going on and wanted a simple solution. Well, this is the weather, what it looks like right now here in Port Abbas. Like literally one minute ago or two minutes ago, it was sunny. One thing I can tell you unequivocally is she is not the most engaging, charismatic, or interesting speaker out there. But she struck when people were scared and she was offering answers during a time where people didn't have any. And then now this fake human-made weather is like this. And so when Didolo asked Corey and Daisy if they wanted to help her moderate her social media pages, they jumped at the opportunity. And they were like right by her side when her following exploded. By the summer of 2021, they were doing in-person work for Didolo's movement, going around the community, handing out these cease and desist letters to businesses, demanding they stop following COVID lockdown procedures on behalf of the new queen. We had guys screaming at us and saying that, you know, my wife died and, you know, from COVID and you guys are crazy and all this stuff. And they did that for months until Didolo got an idea to do an RV tour. What do we mean by an RV tour? Oh boy. Okay. Um, so Sam, how familiar are you with the trucker protests that were going on in Ottawa, Canada? definitely followed it, but let's just summarize. Okay, so earlier this year, a number of right-wing activists and protesters started gathering in the capital of Canada. Specifically, they were protesting the government's decision to require vaccinations in order to cross the U.S.-Canada border. Canada's capital, Ottawa, has declared a state of emergency after more than a week of COVID-19 protests that have shut down the city. And within this group were a bunch of truck drivers who, who showed up in Ottawa in their semis. They sat downtown and hawked their horns constantly. I was actually sent there. It, it, was, a, it was a whole thing. The trucker protest became a lightning rod for a lot of different right-wing groups. And one of the people who I caught was the QAnon queen. When she put out the fact that she wanted to do this convoy to go with the truckers. We assumed that it was to join with the truckers. And that's why we were interested. Corey and Daisy actually helped plan the trip. And they even paid for the RV themselves. I used my credit card to to rent the RV. And so in January of this year, they hopped a ferry to Vancouver Island and went to Didalo's house in Victoria to pick her up and kick off the tour. This was the first time that not only they met her, but any of her followers met her in person. Well, we came in there and uh, right by the outside the door on the balcony, there was a broken mattress that was just sitting there. It was all soaked because it's been raining. We kind of look at each other and I was like, okay, that's weird. 
We walk into this little walkway and it was full of junk. Like it looks like a storage place. It was a mess. And she told us that uh, she only stayed there for for a bit, but most of the time she's at the military um, bunker, right? Her office that where she had her video and stuff like live shows, um, it was dirty, you know, like a pigsty. So they're getting some weird vibes, but they set off anyways. And before you know it, they're on their way to Ottawa in a convoy of RVs. All right, so can we just hold on here? Um, this is nuts. Like, they walk into this woman's dilapidated boarding house hoarder home. She's telling them that she's undercover as the queen. She's living in her own filth, essentially. And they're still like, yep, we're doing this. We're getting on board. We're going on a road trip together. It doesn't make any sense. Again, I think it just speaks to how deeply entrenched into this conspiratorial way of thinking they were. And it just shows how badly they wanted to get to Ottawa because they felt like the trucker protests were going to be a part of history. Okay. We are now leaving Revelstoke. There you go. Say bye-bye. And see you, Calgary. The RVs were plastered with a poster of the queen's face and her flag, which is kind of like this purple thing adorned with a white maple leaf and a sword that runs through the stem. And the itinerary for the road trip only gives them three days to cross Canada, which, needn't I remind you, is the second largest country in the world. How long does that drive usually take? Not three days, Sam. It takes at least four <laughs> I've done the drive before, and it took me five days, and that was in September. And this is in January in Canada. It is snowy. It is icy. They're in a fucking RV. This is dangerous. I'm doing 140 in an RV uh, pretty much most of the way, right? And only had a few hours sleep uh, here and there. 140 kilometers. That is 86 miles per hour for you Americans out there. In an RV in a Canadian winter on a busy highway. And we here at Vice News Reports would highly recommend you don't do this. <laughs> in between doing the most dangerous goddamn thing on the planet, they would stop on occasion to meet Didalo's supporters along the way. These people would cheer for her, give her gifts, they would pick up food and supplies, which are all paid for by her followers. I mean, at first she was somewhat sweet, and then within, within the you know the day uh, of you know it's, it's like she suddenly wanted to start taking control of us. Could you describe what a typical day would look like when you were out there? I make her breakfast, and I pretty much like watch her all day because she wanted her coffee and she wanted drinks. Like I have to get her a drink and hand it to her. She won't even go to the fridge and get it herself. And then she will tell us and go look uh, look into the telegram. We're driving around, so we can't really do anything because we are on the road constantly, like pretty much nonstop. We weren't allowed to leave to do anything um, that, that had to do with her own personal lives. Uh, if she was gone, if we were gone for five minutes, she would be, you know, screaming, wondering where we're at. And then 
And Sam, you're going to love this. It's your yeah, favorite part. This part's part. crazy. This part's crazy. There was her obsession with the song Rasputin by Bonnie M. A goddamn banger. Corey and I introduced that song, and all of a sudden she was like addicted to it. But he would play it on repeat for hours on end. Hours. I do have to say that song rules. Absolute vibe. But I don't know if I could handle it for maybe more than one or two plays. She played in the morning with her phone. She played that nonstop. To me, it was like an eternity. I don't know what she was trying to do to us. She was trying to torture us or brainwash. I don't know. And her love for the song was so well known that even some of her fans remixed it for her but with Didalo-specific lyrics. And rule the clip! The one guy on the song who's like so offbeat. Yeah, they're like, so they're like the women are the women are like, hey, and then he's like, eh. hey. <laughs> <laughs> but Rasputin aside, when they arrive in Ottawa, nobody really knows what Didolo is going to do. But when they pull up, she reveals the plan. And it's not a good one. She says, Daisy, go get me the old Canadian flag. And I was like, what do you need it for? And it's like, I'm going to burn it today. I was like, what? And she started explaining to us that the flag represents the blood of the children. So, so she kind of made us believe that what she was doing was a good thing. And at first, Didolo is pretty well received in Ottawa. A good chunk of people who are excited. She's flanked by a large crowd, all holding her flags, all cheering for her. But then things take a pretty stark turn. Didolo is holding up one actual Canadian flag and one of her made-up Canadian flags. And she brings a lighter underneath the real one and tries to burn it. But after like a few feeble attempts, it doesn't light. And you know, this whole thing has been a massive failure. And while it's like pretty clearly rather funny, the crowd around her is very clearly insulted and agitated by this attempt. And they immediately turn off. This is wrong. We're, we're here for you guys, for the freedom of Canada. Relax, guys. Yeah, this is just this just sounds like such a bad idea. Like to to burn the Canadian flag with all these ultra patriotic people surrounding you. It's like it's like if you were to burn the American flag at the Jan 6 riots. You just you just got the wrong crowd there. Yeah, immediately the truckers start ganging up on Didolo and her group. Suddenly there was a girl that stops in front of me with a phone and then I had like 15 to 20 people stop in front of me and then it started building up to be about 30, 40 people in front of me and they're all like, you know, going on about us burning the flag and I'm in the RV all by myself right now. 
and uh, they're pretty much you know attacking me uh, from all angles videoing me trying to get into the side doors and everything and after that clusterfuck in ottawa Dietl and her crew they decided to pack up uh get in their rvs and head east towards newfoundland uh meeting fans all along the way but this is when the behavior on the rv went from kind of you know weird to being just controlling and, and downright threatening to Corey and Daisy and the other people on the RV. For example, while picking up an RV rental for the second leg of the trip, Corey said that Didalo straight up threatened their lives for booking the RV pickup, not at 5 p.m., but at 4 p.m., and that this ruined their timeline. She said, I'm going to shoot you in the head if you do this again. You know, and everybody's in the room, right, when she says this. But yeah, that was the, probably the second or second time or third time that she threatened to shoot me in the head. She threatened to hang me out from a, a helicopter and, and, uh, and uh, over a volcano or an alligator pit. That's kind of like James Bond supervillain-esque, isn't it? That's true. First, you got to get a helicopter. Then you got to get a pit. Then you got to get an alligator, and it's got to be like these alligators that are good to be in the cold because we're up here in Canada. It's a whole thing. And so with this Bond-level-esque threats, Corey and Daisy realized pretty quickly they need to get out of there. She was asking us if uh, uh, who wanted to go to the States, and everyone's kind of looking at each other, and then she's like, okay, I've decided for you. We're like... Oh, okay. <laughs> we had two teenage kids, right? We couldn't leave them home yeah. forever. She expected us to literally pack up our apartment and just put all our apartment stuff in storage and within one day and head to the States. After a little over a month on the road, the crew arrives in Deer Lake, Newfoundland, which, if you're not aware, is a pretty remote island province. Corey and Daisy decide it's time. They're going to leave, but before they can even announce they're going to leave, Didalo, for some reason, tells everybody they're going to skip breakfast in order to go and meet a bunch of local followers. Corey and Daisy, knowing that they were out, uh, refused, and a blowout fight over breakfast ensued. She, she does this, like, wax on, wax off move to me, saying that uh, all the uh, bad energies needs to leave now, like that, or something like that to me. And she's, like, doing this wax on push move, right? And then she kept just opening up the door every so often and, and screaming, get off the bus! Right? And just open the door up again and scream, get off the bus! <laughs> and remember, until this point, Corey and Daisy and the others have been pretty much funding this entire operation. And Daisy in particular was like her personal bank account. Didalo doesn't have one. So all that donation money was being sent directly into Daisy's personal one. And if they're going to leave, Didalo wants them to give over that money. Okay, so Sam. Yes, Mac. What's up? Do you know where Newfoundland is? Um, I actually do think that I know where Newfoundland is, roughly. Like, I think that it's pretty close to Maine, right? No. No, it's not at all. <laughs> is it it's, really not? No, it's not close to Maine. So Newfoundland is this island province that's pretty remote, uh, and it's out kind of near the, the tip of Quebec. It's, it's the easternmost part of North America. And so that's where they are. And remember, they live on the West Coast. This is pretty much as far apart as you can get, not even just in Canada, but in North America. And they need to get home. She purposely wanted to leave us there with no money, just leave us in Newfoundland at minus 20, you know, with no, with no money, no nothing, no way home. All right. And then what happens? So according to Corey and Daisy, 
they take out of the coffers what they need to get home, and they leave Dito of the rest. Uh, we had to clear some energies out uh, of the bus, and uh, that is fine. It's part of the process. However, we have one major issue, and that is the funds. It trusted uh, to Daisy. Uh, I did uh, ask that uh, funds be redirected to account. For Didalo, her and her followers that remain, they leave. They, they hightail it out of town. Um, leaving Corey, Daisy, and the rest of the people, about a dozen in total, stranded in Newfoundland. And that's when Corey and Daisy decide they're going to seek revenge. That's after the break. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. So, Mac, Corey and Daisy, they finally get back home. But we both know that the story doesn't end there, right? Nope. Nope. It just always goes on. And where it goes really speaks to kind of this interesting dynamic. I've been following in the QAnon movement after people decide to quote-unquote leave or break ties with leaders. So here's what happens. After they return home to British Columbia, Corey and Daisy decide they're going to try and use the internet to bring her down once and for all. They create a Telegram channel dedicated to tracking and harassing her and her supporters. They track her location. They DM her followers. They try to get them to leave. And they report her location to local authorities. We've also had people calling the Border Patrol, and we've had people calling police in different areas um, to inform them that we're that she's coming. Uh, we've called Walmarts. We've called the campgrounds. We've called pretty much everything. Everywhere we find out she's going, every move she makes, we're we're watching it. We're trying to get her to show her true self to her followers. They also said they're still being harassed by Didalo's followers in return. We have all kinds of her followers calling us liars. Most of them have already threatened to hang us and shoot us and, and, and put us up for treason too. You know, I got to say, Mac, it's really interesting to me that even though they've obviously, you know, left Didalo's inner circle, they're still clearly pulling from the same playbook as the rest of the far-right ecosystem. Yeah, man, they're still fully Q-pilled. They just hate Didalo. They think she's a fraud and that she's exploiting the QAnon movement for personal gain. It's kind of like they stopped being a fan of a team but are still a fan of the sport. They're still super engaged with this content. I mean, if anything, the whole process has pulled them deeper into the movement and the conspiracies it's based around. 
Yeah, and I mean, when we interviewed them, we asked them about that directly. Is there anything to you that uh, anyone could could um, say to you to convince you that, that the Q movement is not is not real? Well, no, because I see all kinds of things that have happened that Q keeps on posting that, that are actually happening now. If anything, their experience post RV tour just shows how difficult and, and squishy and nebulous it can be to leave this sort of movement. The more you argue with them, the more likely you are to cause them to just kind of dig in their heels a little deeper into this us versus them universe. In a way, it's kind of like dealing with a cult in that in order to pull them out, you often have to use a technique called deprogramming. When people refer to deprogramming, what they're referring to typically is pulling someone out of a cult. That's Diane Benskoder. She's an expert in cults, conspiracy theorists, and kind of the science behind what leads somebody into this kind of thinking. And it's a process of talking to that person enough to get them to the point to realize that maybe they've fallen prey to the trickery of psychological manipulation. She is also a survivor of the Unification Church, better known as the Moonies, a religious group that is widely believed to be a cult. Yeah, we've actually talked about them before on this very podcast. I joined a religious cult when I was 17, and I was a member for five years when it finally hit me that, oh my God, Sun Myung Moon isn't the Messiah, and this whole thing is a farce. I came to realize that it really didn't matter what the doctrine was. What mattered was that they were being manipulated on a psychological level with the doctrine and with the group. The fact that QAnon is a decentralized conspiracy actually kind of makes it harder to save people from it. It's amorphous, it's, it's adaptable, it changes. When one leader gets brought down, a new leader takes the place. Or the conspiracy adjusts to fill the void. And so a lot of times, because the, the main message that people have bought into is that there's an us versus them mentality. And so if they'd leave one flavor of it, they just go find another flavor within the us instead of looking at the fact that it's the polarization that the problem, there is no them. There's no us and them. The belief system is more than just a viewpoint. It becomes who you are. This is, the community becomes your family, it becomes your identity. So, Mac, what's the latest on the QAnon queen herself, Romana Didalo? Well, she's still on her never-ending RV trip with Canada. Um, I actually just checked Telegram earlier this month, and at the time of this recording, she's just kind of bouncing around the maritime provinces. She's got a brand new entourage hanging out with her. She's rented even more RVs. They actually even bought one for $62,000. A fan gifted her an RV. They gave her one of their old RVs. This is worth tens of thousands of dollars. And of course, she continues to spew anti-vaccine, anti-government, and deeply, deeply conspiratorial and weird rhetoric on her social media pages to tens of thousands of followers around the world. And guess what? She's even back on Twitter now. Shout out to our boy Elon for that. Great. Love that for us. Shout out, uh, shout out Elon for that little, uh, that little gift there. I've tried to reach out to her for comment several times over the past two years, and she won't respond to me. But I know that Corey and Daisy's group has become a huge pain in her ass. Um, she even recently pleaded with her audience to get the page banned and deleted from all platforms. So 
she's still going after her former followers, and that's clearly caused lots of damage. I guess I'm wondering what other sort of real-world damage has Didolo caused at this point? One of the main things I always kind of think about when I think about how she's kind of damaging her followers is that a while back she declared all utilities to be free in Canada, um, like your your water bill, your electricity bill, your heating bill. It's all free. You don't need to pay it anymore. And on the front, you know, that might seem a little goofy, but you have to realize that a lot of her followers took her at her word and actively stopped paying their utility bills. And in some, they actually took that money that they would have been paying for electricity and sent it to her. They donated to her. But now it's been months and months and, you know, the crows are coming home to roost and they're starting to get their electricity shut off. They're starting to get their heating shut off. We're about to enter winter in Canada. That's really fucking bad. It's really scary. And it's a reason why I, I kind of focus on this story. Just uh, here with a gentleman from MB Power that's come to disconnect my uh, power. Um, as per Queen Romana's royal decree, they'll give them 8 to 24 hours to rehook up my power. Obviously, we've had like a pretty fun time telling the story of what has happened. But at the heart of it, it's really deeply sad. The way I like to look at these things is that kind of on the macro level, you find a lot of humor, but on the micro level, you find nothing but tragedy. And these people having their electricity shut off and stuff just from listening to Didalo, it's dangerous and it's dangerous for the people who live with them. I could get my power reconnected as soon as possible and have this straightened up. That would be great. Thank you. Well, Mac, thank you for teaming up with me on this, man. This truly never dull moment on the extremism desk. No, man. Thanks for coming on this ridiculous little ride we've been on with me. Uh, couldn't have asked for a better co-pilot. Absolutely. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This episode of Vice News Reports was produced and reported by me, Sam Egan, and Mac Lammer, with editing by Julia Nutter. Vice News Reports is produced by Sam Egan, Sophie Cazes, Adriana Rodriguez, and Adriana Tapia. Our senior producers are Jesse Alejandro Cottrell, Janice Yamoka, and Julia Nutter. Our supervising producer is Ashley Cleek. Our associate producer is Stephen Brown. Sound design and music composition by Steve Bone, 
Fran Bandy, and Kyle Murdoch. Our executive producers are Adiza Egan and Stephanie Karayuki. For Vice Audio, Annie Aviles is our executive editor, and Janet Lee is our senior production manager. Fact-checking by Nicole Pazulka. Our theme music is by Steve Bone. Special thanks to Sophie Kazis, Christina Sturbins, Josh Visser, and Karima Saeed. I'm Sam Egan, filling in this week for Ariel. I know podcast hosts say this constantly, but if you could please rate and review the podcast, it really, truly helps people find the show. Vice News Reports drops every Thursday, so be sure to check back in next week.